Thank you for listening to the Weekly Market Outlook. It is our pleasure to bring an industry-leading market analyst to provide you with the most value possible in your farm business. Please reach out anytime by emailing cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the AgView Pitch. We are heading into another week, actually the last full week of June, and we've got with us today Clark Neighbors, uh, BIS Commodities in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Clark, how's it going? I'm good, Chris. How are you getting along? Well, we're hanging in there uh, so far. We are super dry. Um, what I wanted to do is start out with with a conversation just on you know the emotion that that brings to a lot of producers when the crop looks a little iffy. You know, there's areas we've we've talked to clients in the last this, this last week that are still dealing with some flooding, wet, super wet conditions. Um, we've got clients that are dealing with uh, obviously the the heat and the dryness and stuff and we're going to be cooling off this week now in a lot of areas but uh, talk to us a little bit about about the weather and, and kind of what that's saying to the market at this point. Well like you say Chris it's kind of a uh, emotional roller coaster and the haves and the have-nots depending on how uh, you, know, you want to look at the situation in regards to your back door or your region of the state or, or the Midwest as a whole. So, um, you know, the market is definitely focused on a lot of that. Uh, it's also, I think the thing producers need to kind of keep in mind, the market's always what expectations are or anticipatory weather forecasts. And that's what we've been and riding that roller coaster this week, as you know, with you know reality, what we see in our back door each day. In many cases, you know, heat, record heat in some cases in the West, lack of rain, uh, but a forecast that genuine, you know, looks a little more benign going forward. It's just, uh, you know, is it going to happen? Is everybody's question so? Number one, the no, nobody can predict the weather, and uh, you go more than two weeks out, forecasts get pretty blurry the way they are anyway. So, mm-hmm. but if you look at a drought monitor map, you know generally most of the areas of concern and dryness are north of I eighty generally, and most of the Midwest, depending. So, uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of comparison of where it rained, where it didn't rain over the next week, et cetera. So. That emotion is 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 genuine is going to be there. So, what that also has created is a market with a tremendous amount of volatility. So, you know, this past week, um, you know, we just saw what I would call very historical type markets, where you know, on Thursday, beans are down over a dollar. We've never seen that before. But um, you know. It, but the key to that is there's more to that than just weather, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wall Street Journal every week on Saturday always puts out kind of a, a list of stock exchanges through the world, uh, a bunch of commodities, and what they did during the week as far as percentage gains or losses. And um, this past week, wheat was down 2.5%, corn was down 
4.25%. Beans were down 7.5%. But the leader was hogs down 12. Uh, but keep in mind, silver, copper, gold, a lot of the softs like uh, cotton, coffee, cocoa. Uh, so obviously those plus the metals plus everything else had nothing to do with the weather. Okay. Right. So what create, what created that kind of commodity break, if you will, from a macro standpoint that added to that, probably a couple things. Number one, you know, is, is, is we've been kind of going through here over the last year, give or take with the reopening of economies, et cetera, the, the drive or the supply shortages to some degree or demand push for many commodities as things open back up, whether it's building materials, you know, uh, et cetera, and the, and the inflation story starts to build. So a lot of times financial money looks for a home. Inflation is um, a talking point, obviously, and uh, commodities are typically or historically a way of, of trying to evaluate that. And then on Wednesday, the Fed, uh, the Fed had their uh, meeting um, and hinted of you know, bumping interest rates up in 2023, potentially to slow things down. Prior to that, you know, there wasn't any talk of that in the in the immediate future. So that kind of had many investors kind of tap the brakes on some of this commodity push. The other thing is, uh, there's been a fair amount of talk that. Uh, there's been pressure in China to back off on some of the speculatory investing. Now, most feel that is more out in the uh, uh, in some of the metals. Okay, but uh, the bottom line is weather is a key part of the market. But there's also many other factors laying underneath the weeds as far as this investment money, where it's wanting to camp, find a home, etc. So. This past week, uh, and again, beans down over a buck on Thursday, recapturing you know a lot of that again on Friday. I think you had oh gosh, two dollar and fourteen cent trading range in soybeans from the previous Friday to this Friday. Um, corn was uh, on the new crop. 620 to 5:30. I mean, those are big ranges, and I think guys need to try to get away as easy, easier said than done. Get away from the emotions of those big swings. Uh-huh. Make sure they know what "quote unquote" their goal or their price is in those parameters. Yeah, it, you know, if somebody just woke up on Friday morning and was living under a rock or something and saw the markets, you'd be like, "Wow, this is great," <laughs> but. You kind of need to know what happened in the past. And, and really, Friday was sort of just a rebound a little bit. My question is, as we go through the next few weeks here yet and still have weather and a few of these other things, you know, to drive volatility, um, what's what are some things or are there some things yet that can get us back to potentially some of those levels that we were we're at or you know and and could weather do it by itself or all these other factors that that impacted the market last week going to be a drag on its potential to get back to some of those highs where we were at and and 
producers maybe having some more opportunities to sell or do we need to be starting to recalibrate our thinking right now? Great question. And I don't know if there's a, a definite answer. A $64,000 question is how do things react going forward? Um, okay. This time of year is historically, you know, uh, seasonally, I should say, kind of the tipping point a lot of times in the market. Uh, two years ago, when we had all the all the rains and the lateness in planting, and you know, this time of year, gosh, there was still a lot of the corn that hadn't even popped out of the ground yet. I think the high was made June seventeenth. Okay, um, so it, it, it's it's typically and seasonally a time to uh, continue to create sales and or protect price. Um, and it's always hard to do emotionally, especially with the way the weather is. So to, to answer your question, can we get back to, you know, the highs or whatever we've had in the past um, few weeks or month, if you will? Obviously, the answer is if the weather ends up being an issue, the answer is probably we can. Now, in reality, is that likely? Time will tell. Um, I would say if the forecast that we have in front of us comes into play and reality hits and there's not a lot of heat after that, I think it's very difficult to go up and reach those values again, especially on soybeans because uh, they're just so far away. Um, on the other side of the coin, um, you know, you could see, you know, pretty violent swings back towards, the, you know, recent upward levels on both corn and beans. Uh, but I think the market's job is to try to figure out, all right, A, uh, we've got this tight stock situation. B, what do we need to do in, in regards to production to meet a, you know, a snug or a comfortable type carryout going forward, and how is that going to play out? acreage report here in 10 days helps to maybe try to figure that in, but the ebb and flow of what the yield potential is for the balance of the summer is going to be debated, especially with the have and have not situation. So um, there's no set answer. Nobody has the answer. Um, I think the key thing I would tell producers is that, you know, working with your products and knowing what their prices structure are, you know, what's their goal. And I think it's so, so important to not get tied up in what somebody else's number is there on the radio or on a podcast or on a newsletter where they're selling subscriptions. Know what your number is and have those offers in place and try to be disciplined with that and not get caught up in emotion. Easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think it's key to have offers in place when you have these kind of swings because, well, you know, I've heard it a million times. Well, let's just see what it does. Well, the problem is this market reacts way quicker than we can. And so having those products in place in some manner I think helps out a lot. This is Alyssa with the AgView Solutions team. Here at AgView Solutions, we work with farms and ag businesses all across the country on cost of production, business decision-making, collaboration opportunities, farm and ag business structuring, and transition planning. We work with operations of all sizes to help you with the important decisions that need to be made in your business. If you have questions or would like to learn more about how we can help your farm and business, 
please email us at cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. And thank you for listening. So another question for you. You work with a lot of elevators and a lot of commercial um, entities. What what are what are you seeing there? What what should farmers be aware of and be thinking about from your perspective of things that you're seeing going on right now, especially as we march through the growing season here that we need to pay attention to? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, an interesting side note this week, you know, we talk about the historics of this week. Um, on Tuesday of this week, um, all the commercial elevators we talked to, um, there was not one hedge of corn, new crap corner beans on Tuesday, not a bushel. Um, and Wednesday was very light. So, Part of that was coming off of, you know, the weekend, the market was a little lower, uh, concerns on weather. It tells me that, and it's not to say you don't see days like that once in a while, Chris, but it's typically the day after Christmas or something like that. Very, very rare to see something like that in the middle of the growing season, okay? Uh So I think the takeaway from that is, you know, read between the lines. The farmer's nervous to make additional sales because, A, the market's backed off as highs, and, and or, B, they're waiting for rain on their field, whatever it might be. But I find that rather interesting uh, going forward. Now, what creates that movement to come has to be seen. Now, backing up, there's a fair amount of new crop that has been sold up to this point. Most of that probably more last winter or last spring. So I think there's this attitude somewhat in the country to try to bring those levels higher based on those sales were made a fair amount below the market or back near probably insurance rates, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but that tells you the emotion or the attitude of the market. So in regards to, you know, the commercials going forward, there's a, you know, again, there's a, decent amount of new crop on the books. Uh, again, I think most of that was sold by the producer January and February, I think, were the biggest months that we can pick up from what we see in the numbers since then. It's more sporadic. Um, and, you know, the commercials are trying to make some ideas on, you know, what's demand look like this fall? Where we, you know, what are exports looking like going forward? And right now there's fair amount of corn and beans on the books uh, for this time year for new crop, which again shows signs of, you know, good demand going forward, which hopefully uh, for those trying to capture better bases is something to keep in mind as we get into new crop. Um, the, the one thing to keep in mind though, that's making it difficult is, bean market, new crop bean market is still inverted. In other words, mm-hmm. the November premium over January, March, and on through the year where corn has some type of carry where March is a premium to December and so on. Uh, similar to what we saw last summer on beans being inverted. Um, so, you know, the bean market's kind of saying, don't be holding beans and, to the commercial. And the market's telling the commercial, you know, at this point, hang on to that corn inventory way for better basis. So speaking of basis from the farmer's perspective, then, you know, I know we have 
seen a lot of uh, sales on Profit Manager and things with a number of producers. There's 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 some cash contracts out there, but a lot of what we see are either basis, um, you know, still open yet where we've got HTAs on. There's maybe um, some futures selling that has occurred and or um, some option strategies to um, sort of put a floor in or minimum price strategy type things. In that position, then we still have to lock basis or we still got to be thinking about either rolling these HTAs or these um, futures positions out, maybe store, capture the carry from a, from a strategy standpoint and not a recommendation, but from a strategy standpoint, what do farmers need to pay attention to on the, on managing this basis and capitalizing on that in your opinion? Well, number one, everybody's a little different what their needs are. Um, you know, an entity that has a lot of on farm space has a lot more flexibility trying to capture that carry and that basis gain. Whereas an individual that, or an entity that, has to take quite a bit to town and harvest um, just because of space reasons. Um, that they don't have quite as much flexibility. So that that group uh, needs to focus more on, you know, uh, what's the market telling me to do today in new crop? You know, and honestly, right now, it would say in a comparative world, um, uh, if you had to sell corn or beans at harvest time, a little bit like a year ago, uh, market saying to sell beans at harvest time over corn at this point, and or shortly thereafter, as you get into that November December time frame. Excuse me, prior to river closing, um, that's always kind of a key factor in, in bean basis. I think um, typically as uh, normal years, and we saw supposedly some Chinese bean purchases uh, this week or yesterday, actually on Friday for uh, no delivery. Um, you know, there may be a decent export bean program in the latter part of harvest. Latter part of harvest that could maybe uh, firm that basis up a touch. But the key is, as we sit here today in late June, we don't know what the supply is, and that's going to have a major mm-hmm. impact on the board and basis going forward, okay? So for an individual that has on-farm space, uh, that, again, creates more flexibility. Right now, there is some carry in the corn market. Um, to be somewhat flexible, uh, the carries are not what you would typically call normal. They're tighter than normal, and that's based on the tight supplier, the tight stock situation. In some cases, you may want to lock in some of that carry a little bit, say, out to March, just to get a little more flexibility in case we see some oh, crop issues and supply losses and that type of thing. At least uh, you have some carries locked in, especially if you're in an area that's received you know, decent rain and you're fairly comfortable with uh, production potential. I think that's key. Um, so... Uh, Anytime you have good demand, basis typically is going to be kind of a driver. It was this past year. Cash mm-hmm. markets tend to drive the market. Now, if we have supply issues and the market rallies again, that may take away some of that basis potential because the driver then is just the producers looking at raw flat price and moving against that. So then at that point, the commercial or the end user, <laughs> excuse me, may not have to push 
quite as hard via basis. But I think right now you just go with a strategy that, assuming normal things happen going forward, fairly tight stocks, probably can build a, uh, a case where corn carries eventually will build. Bean carries maybe come into play at some point. And a lot of times, Chris, key time frame for those carries, believe it or not, is right before harvest, about Labor Day, early September. A lot of times that's kind of a window where you have about as good a carry as you're going to see for a while, typically, depending on how harvest goes. So kind of benchmark that early September time frame. Bigger picture is maybe a window or a time to maybe roll out HTAs. The other thing I guess I would say, and, and I we tend to hear in our office a little bit is, um, you know, guys may be priced as much as they're comfortable with right now, especially with the weather scenario, whether it's on right. HTAs, cash sales, hedges, et cetera. I think a nice tool to use right now just to have some protection, but yet be open uh, because of potential crop losses or whatever is using, um, short dated put options and basically what those are again is it's uh, put or protection to the downside against December corn or November beans new crop products but they have a shorter expiration so for example in August short dated puts can expire in late July so you can buy that protection over that 30 day time frame in case this market goes south gives you the op- option to you know, be sure futures at that time, if so desired, um, to protect your crop. If it expires in late July and you're above that value, whatever that put is, you still have, you haven't made any commitment as far as selling any additional bushels and you have that flexibility to sell cash or not do anything at that point. So that's probably a good tool to use on that last percentage of crop that a guy would like to sell this time of year, so to speak, just to get some protection um, in case things do go south at some point, uh, which, you know, this week was kind of a wake-up call to everybody. So it's it's good to look at something like that just to, you know, be able to sleep better at night and not have, you know, uh, 100% locked in on hedges, HTAs, et cetera. It gives you a guy more flexibility. Mm-hmm. That's a term. It's, it's sort of a, a term insurance for a period of time that's not nearly as expensive as buying all that extra time. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not paying as much time value as you would be going all the way out to a November, December option. Correct. Right. So I have the last question I have for you and and we'll wrap up here, but is with ethanol um, last week, I think it was towards the beginning of the week or even the week before that the Biden administration having some conversations with, uh, uh, with the um, with the RENs and, and all this kind of stuff and, and ethanol being in question a little bit, is that still something that we got to watch here or what are you hearing? Is there, is there a concern that's, that that's filtering into the market still too on the corn side of things or not? Or what are you hearing? Um, there's a lot of confusion on that, I guess is what I would say. It, it's one of those stories where, you know, they, they put the, they stopped those waivers with some of these small refiners, what, 60, 90 days ago, earlier this spring, mm-hmm. um, that were in place, you know, by the previous administration. Um, it's, 
and then this, this kind of came out of the clear blue sky here what, a week, week and a half ago as there was pressure by, you know, some of the East, uh, East Coast politicians with some of these smaller refiners putting pressure on. And, in fact, I think it was a week ago Friday, we hit, like, a new recent high in the RINs, and that's about when um, the market heard this news about these putting these exemptions in place again. Uh, it's caught political attention of people like Senator Grassley and some like that. Most, I guess I would say this, most people that seem to have some sort of tie in D.C. or have some back, uh, back news on that would say this probably isn't going to take place because it kind of goes against the greener policy that uh, the current administration has in place. So most feel this you know, won't take place at this time. It's more noise than it is anything else. But at the same point, it's a story that at least so far hasn't really went away. So until that story goes away, I think everybody's a little uncomfortable thinking, well, it's, hopefully this isn't going to take place and have some impact on ethanol. But yet it seems to kind of continue to brew. So I, I think it's something to watch. I don't know how much of an impact that's had on the market of late. Um, if any, to be honest, maybe some on ethanol margins, but ethanol margins have been really good. In fact, you know, a week or two ago, as good a margins they've seen in the last five or six years. Okay, so uh, margins are still good there. Uh, ethanol demand is, is fairly robust right now because all things we talked about earlier. So I think big picture, that's more important to worry about, you know, look at that than this noise we're hearing on this subject. Hopefully that doesn't come into play. Yeah, it just seems like whenever you get noise like that, the market does not like uncertainty. <laughs> and so it, yes. it kind of it makes a real fast adjustment, which then in turn puts us on this roller coaster ride that we've been on that we've talked about the last few weeks. It's been kind of a pretty volatile uh, scenario. So um, any last final thoughts um, as we wrap up here? Well, it's just an important time of year and an emotional time of year, both production-wise, price-wise. Um, you know, you like to talk about it quite a bit, Chris. It's, it's try to keep those emotions in check, easier said than done. Have those price goals in place. Have those offers in place because this market moves way too quick. Well, the, the, a lot uh, of times Sunday night is, or, you know, the nighttime is, if you don't have those offers in, the nighttime a lot of times is when it hits and you get about five seconds for that number you Correct. wanted. Correct. I mean, with the computer-driven markets we have in today's world, these things move quick. and. Right. They move a lot quicker than our anticipation is. So, yeah, I mean, big picture, a lot of questions going forward. A lot of questions going forward. None of us know the answers. So um, hopefully those emotions stay somewhat based on price goals, uh, you know, needs, et cetera. Um, obviously, these are still very good values. I think we have to keep that in mind in the big picture, mm -hmm. uh, what the values were a week ago, what they were maybe in over the last six months and where we are in the big picture. Yep. Sounds good. Hey, Clark, this was a great conversation. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed it, Chris. Always good to talk to you and talk to uh, the folks out there with your podcast. Sounds good. And we'll 
we'll check back in here with you in a few weeks and see kind of what the weather had in store for us and we'll be a lot smarter at that point but again we've got uh, Clark Neighbor with uh, BIS Commodities in Cedar Rapids Iowa and we'd like to thank everybody for listening we will catch you again next time on the AgView Pitch.